Welcome to another edition of our BMI Sunday Online Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. And shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we again come before you thanking you for another Sabbath day, another day when we can uh, focus uh, and, and refocus our, our concentration on, on your word and on our relationship with you. And we thank you for this opportunity. We pray indeed that you might bless your word to all who are listening, wherever they might be or watching. Uh, and we know that your word does not go out void. It always accomplishes its purposes according to your divine wisdom and according to your timing. And so we thank you for this time. We pray that you would bless uh, these hymns uh, we also pray that the Bible study would be faithful and for the Q&A uh, later on uh, this evening and also for the, the Bible reading as well. And so we ask these things uh, with grateful hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first hymn for the day is going to be My Anchor Holds.
Our next hymn is going to be My Sins, My Sins, My Savior. third hymn is going to be More Love to Thee.
Welcome to Searching the Scriptures. Our Bible teacher will be Gunther von Haringa Sr. In Acts 17.11 we read, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So without further ado, let's look into God's Word, the Bible. This is going to be uh, part number 28 of 2 Peter 2, and today's date is May 20th, uh, 2018. Uh, I do want to mention one thing. If you know of anybody that does not listen on Facebook uh, and yet would be interested in our studies, they are being broadcast live simultaneously on, our, on the player that is right on our website, bmius.org. All right, let's uh, again go to the Lord. Father, we thank you that we have this uh, wonderful privilege of being able to examine this book of Second Peter. And again, Father, we thank you for what you've shown us. Uh, we pray that you would continue to open our eyes uh, and ears spiritually to behold wonderful things out of your law. We ask these things with thanksgiving, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll go ahead and read uh, 2 Peter 2, starting in verse 9 and down to verse 17. <clears throat> the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh, in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. And we uh, are continuing our examination of Numbers 22 as we were directed by God in 2 Peter 2, 15 and 16 to uh, go here to discover what we can about Balaam and his donkey. And in our last study, 
we began looking at verse uh, 29 of Numbers 22. And I mentioned that before proceeding on to verses 30 and 32 to 34, uh, I would like to take a closer look at the term, because thou hast mocked me, uh, in verse 29. And I'll read that again. And by the way, uh, this word mocked is Strong's number 5953. And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. And I also stated previously that this particular word, 5953, mocked, is only found 20 times, and yet it is translated in 10 different ways. So we want to consider some of them to begin with. Uh, for example, in Leviticus 19.10, we find uh, this uh, instruction for how the Israelites were to treat the poor and stranger, who along with another group, widows, typify the elect spiritually and reminding us of Ruth the Moabitess as she gleaned wheat in Boaz's fields. Ruth typifies the elect. Boaz is a great type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in this passage, Leviticus 19.10, it's rendered, and, and thou shalt not glean, and thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am Jehovah your God. Uh, Jeremiah 6, 9 similarly utilizes this term glean twice for emphasis uh, in this passage, which refers to the destruction of Judah and Jerusalem uh, by the Babylonians. And of course, Babylon uh, or Nebuchadnezzar who typifies Satan, Babylon is his kingdom, Satan's kingdom. And spiritually, this points to God's wrath upon uh, the fact that uh, judgment must begin at the house of God first, as we read in 1 Peter 4.17, pointing again to the churches and denominations that God abandoned worldwide and with absolutely no exceptions. Uh, o ye children of Benjamin, uh, actually, I'm going to read um, starting in verse 1, and I'll go down to verse 9 of Jeremiah 6. O ye children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem, and blow the trumpet in Tekoa, and set up a sign of fire in Beth-Hasarim, for evil appeareth out of the north, and great destruction. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a comely and delicate woman. The shepherds with their flocks shall come unto her. They shall pitch their tents against her round about. They shall feed every one in his place. Prepare ye war against her. Arise and let us go up at noon. Woe unto us, for the day goeth away. For the shadows of the evening are stretched out. Arise, and let us go by night, and let us destroy 
her palaces. For thus hath Jehovah of hosts said, Hew ye down trees, and cast a mount against Jerusalem. This is the city to be visited. She is holy oppression in the midst of her. <clears throat> Pardon me. As a fountain casteth out her waters, so she casteth out her wickedness. Violence and spoil is heard in her. Before me continually is grief and wounds. Be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, lest I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited. Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, they shall thoroughly, throughly, glean the remnant of Israel as a vine, turn back thine hand as a grape gatherer into the baskets. And those are our two words, they shall truly glean. Uh, in Isaiah 3, 1 to 12, we find another reference to the end of the church age in which this term is rendered as children. For behold, the Lord, the Jehovah of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient, the captain of fifty and the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer, and the eloquent orator, and I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Uh, that's not the word children that we find in verse 4. It's actually uh, in verse uh, 12. Uh, and the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base, against the honorable. When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let this ruin be under thy hand. In that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be an healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. For Jerusalem is ruined, and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings are against Jehovah, to provoke the eyes of his glory. The show of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom, they hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Say ye to the righteous, that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. As for my people, children, that's our word, are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. Lamentations 3, uh, 43 to 51, likewise paints 
the identical picture of God's wrath against his corporate people, Judah and Jerusalem in the historical context, and the New Testament churches and denominations spiritually. The first and second external representations of the kingdom of God on earth, if you will. Uh, this word is expressed in verse 51 as affecteth. Thou hast covered with anger and persecuted us. Thou hast slain, thou hast not pitied. Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud that our prayer should not pass through. Thou hast made us as the offscouring and refuse in the midst of the people. All our enemies have opened their mouths against us. Fear and a snare is come upon us, desolation and destruction. Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission till Jehovah look down and behold from heaven. Mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Another passage we can turn to is Judges 19.25, and this term is translated and abused. Uh, and this, in the historical context, this has to do with the, uh, the death of the man's uh, wife, and it really portrays the death of the end-time institutional churches and denominations. But the men would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them, and they knew her and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Psalm 141.4 renders this expression as to practice. Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. Uh, lastly, Job 16:15 presents a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ represented by Job under the wrath of God in the atonement that occurred prior to creation. I have sowed sackcloth upon my skin and defile my horn in the dust. <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, let's uh, move on to Numbers 2230. And <clears throat> here we find the donkey's second reply to Balaam. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden? Ever since I was thine unto this day, was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. We have already considered the words ass and Balaam in some of our previous lessons, so I'd like us to investigate the term upon which thou hast ridden, which is actually one Hebrew word. It's Strong's number 7392, Rakab. Uh, this is actually the same word that appears in Numbers 22, 22. 
and translated as, now he was writing. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of Jehovah stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. Let's look at a few other illustrations of uh, this word riding, 7392, and also with the word ass, uh, 860, uh, which is the same word that we find here uh, in Numbers 22. And you might recall it, it has to do with a female donkey in particular. Uh, and they're found together, uh, at least with the female donkey and uh, this word uh, 7392 three times. We do find the male uh, word, uh, which is a different word altogether, uh, with this word in a number of other verses. But for our purposes, we're just going to look at these three. Uh, Zechariah 9, 9 uh, gloriously proclaims, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Uh, also in Judges 5.10, uh, we find uh, this statement, Speak ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way. And lastly, uh, in 2 Kings 4.24, uh, we find a record of the actions of the Shunammite woman, uh, the one uh, that Elisha promised she would have a son, and then later the son dies. And now she you know, gets on her donkey and on this uh, carriage, and she hastens to go uh, to uh, meet uh, Elisha. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. Uh, I'll read Numbers twenty-two thirty again. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass? upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day, was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. What particular day is in view that prompted Balaam's donkey to act in the seeming reckless manner in which she did? In order to ascertain this, we are aided by recollecting what we learned in some of our previous lessons regarding the three locations where the angel of Jehovah was positioned as they served to motivate Balaam's donkey to take a particular course of action, thus avoiding the imminent danger that God had enabled her to perceive uh, in the historical narrative. Uh, the first one is in Numbers 22:33, And uh, I'll read that verse. And the ass saw the angel of Jehovah standing in the way. Uh, these are the two words, standing in the way. And standing is 53:24, And in the way is 1870. 
And the ass saw the angel of Jehovah standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way, and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. We've also understood from Matthew 1338a that the field is the world. We uh, also uh, discovered that these two terms, standing in the way, or 5324 in 1870, also appear in uh, two other places. Uh, in verse 2, of Proverbs 8, 1 to 2, and then in Jeremiah 31, uh, 21, uh, respectively. Uh, in Proverbs 8, 1 to 2, we read, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way, in the places of the path. So the two words are, she standeth, 5324, and then by the way, 1870. And we have to keep in mind that Proverbs 8 is speaking about wisdom. And in that context, we understand, according to 1 Corinthians 124, that Christ is the uh, wisdom of God. Uh, I'll read that. Uh, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Uh, then, uh, if we go to Jeremiah 31, 21, uh, we read there, Set thee up, which is 53:24. waymarks, make thee high heaps, set thine heart toward the highway, even the way, uh, 1870, which thou wentest, turn again, O virgin daughter, oh, excuse me, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these thy cities. Again, going back to Proverbs 8, we have understood that this uh, really is a marvelous portrait of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, as we read in Revelation 13, 8, and also the firstborn from the dead, uh, as we read in Colossians 1, 18. And this new insight into the nature of the atonement, the fact that it took place uh, in actuality prior to creation, is information that God has brought to our attention in our day. Uh, additionally, if we look at the latter part of Jeremiah 31, uh, in fact, in verses 31 and 34, we find that it speaks about the latter rain and the completion of the body of Christ in addition to the culmination of the Great Commission on May 21, 2011, uh, as uh, Matthew 24, 14 records. Uh, this is Jeremiah 31, uh, 31 to 34. <clears throat> Excuse me. Behold, the days come, saith Jehovah, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel 
and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was an husband unto them, saith Jehovah, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Jehovah, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, No, Jehovah, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Jehovah. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is speaking about the fact that the body of Christ has been completed, and so there's no longer uh, a commission to go into the world with the gospel to reach the nations of the elect. That's all been done. Uh, Christ has already fulfilled that. Now that we're in the day of judgment, uh, the commission that we have is to feed the sheep as we find in John 21. Consequently, the, these two words in Numbers 22-23, standing in the way, is a reference to the latter rain and the day of judgment. All right, the second location uh, in which the angel of Jehovah appeared uh, to, to the donkey is in Numbers 22:24. Uh, I'll read that. But the angel of Jehovah stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. Uh, again, uh, these two words stood, 59:75 in a path, is 4934 and of the vineyards is 3754. Uh, an enormous clue in helping us to see what God has in mind in this phrase is the expression of the vineyards because these three words only show up in this one verse, Numbers 2224. 24. Uh, but, and, and we looked at uh, the other words uh, stood and in a path, which actually only in a path only appears here as well. But this word uh, vineyards is what I'd like us to focus on because it points to national Israel historically who came under God's judgment. Just like we read a little earlier in Jeremiah when he said, I was an husband to them. In other words, God was married to national Israel and national Israel committed spiritual adultery. And the punishment for spiritual adultery is stoning by death, which God could not do because the Savior had to come through the bloodline of national Israel. And more than that, you had all of the elect, who elect Jews who had to still be born. And so what God did is in Deuteronomy 24.1, he gave a temporary law because he hates divorce, so that he could divorce himself from national Israel. Uh, now, uh, spiritually, 
national Israel or the other side of the coin, we could say, typifies the churches and denominations of our day that God was not married to. He simply abandoned them. The Holy Spirit left, lock, stock, and barrel. And so all you have is a shell of what used to be the external representation of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit had departed. Now, getting back to the vineyard, uh, a classic illustration of this is found in, in Isaiah 5, uh, in verse 1, uh, 3 to 4, 5, 7, and 10. Uh, seven times we find this word vineyard, or uh, Strong's number 3754, Karim. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And wild grapes is uh, a, a poor translation. It should be a stench. Uh, and, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. For the vineyard of Jehovah of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry. And then in verse 10, Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of an homer shall yield an ephah. So we see that the parabolic thrust of Numbers 22-24 concerns this vineyard, in other words, national Israel, uh, which was the first external representation of the kingdom of God on earth. And as I mentioned, God was married to her, then he had to divorce her, and that divorce went into effect when Christ hung on the cross and the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, exposing the Holy of Holies, as we read in Mark 15, 38. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. This extraordinary event signaled three momentous uh, repercussions at the time. Number one, the Jews were no longer God's chosen people, except for whoever, whichever Jews were elect. Number two, the temple was no longer holy. And number three, the city of Jerusalem was no longer holy. Uh, therefore, uh, the three words in Numbers 22:24 stood in a path of the vineyards is a reference to national Israel. 
Numbers 22:26 is going to be the third location, and I'll read that. And the angel of Jehovah went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. Uh, here, uh, and stood is, uh, again, 59.75. In a narrow is 68.62, and place is 47.25. Uh, I mentioned uh, in part 25 that these three terms uh, surface in only three verses. Uh, 2 Kings 6.1, Hosea 5.15, and Isaiah 49:20. However, uh, as I was looking uh, at this word uh, in a narrow, uh, more carefully, again, this is Strong's number 6862, I discovered that it is primarily rendered as enemy or adversary, uh, as these next references highlight. Uh, most notably, we read of one of Balaam's prophecies concerning Israel in the very, in a couple chapters later in Numbers 24, verse 8. And here it's translated as his enemies. God brought him, this is Israel, forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of, a uni of an unicorn. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. Uh, in this context, Israel, because all of Israel left Egypt, they are a picture of the elect who, who were saved from the foundation of the world. Uh, in Deuteronomy uh, 4.30, it's rendered as, when thou art in tribulation. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. If thou turn to Jehovah thy God, and shalt be obedient unto his voice. Uh, we've also uh, looked at Joshua 5.13 before, in which uh, this word is expressed as adversaries. Just prior to the battle of Jericho, which points parabolically to God's end time uh, judgment program. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Uh, likewise, in 1 Samuel uh, 2.32, we find another uh, reference to the end of the church age spiritually. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, in all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. The enemy in view, of course, in these verses is Satan, whom God allowed to infiltrate and rule in the churches and denominations according to 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 4. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Um, this word falling away is the Greek word apostasia, from where we get our English word apostasy. And of course, the man of sin or the son of perdition is speaking about Satan himself. And this was part of God's plan at the very end to allow Satan uh, during the Great Tribulation to rule in the churches. And he's ruling as God. The, the people in the churches don't recognize this, that, that, they, are, that they were sitting under the, the influence, the power of Satan, but that was exactly the situation. Uh, they did not recognize that the Satan's ministers who appear as angels of light or ministers of righteousness were actually dupes of Satan and that Satan was motivating them and, and uh, causing them to deceive those within the congregation. And you know, it reminds us of uh, uh, in Matthew 24, where it says that uh, three times, it says to be aware of false prophets, because if it were possible, and it's not, they would deceive the very elect. That's why that, that, that's why deception was really the hallmark of the, of the Great Tribulation. It was such a magnificent deception that everybody would be snared by it and only the elect would be able to see exactly what was going on. Uh, all right, coming back to this word, uh, Tsar, it's Strong's number 6862. Or, or adversary, or enemy, or narrow. Uh, in Esther 7.6, we find a similar situation where Haman, uh, who represents Satan, wants to destroy all of the Jews. And of course, they picture the elect. And here we find this word uh, rendered again as the adversary. And Esther said, she's telling the king, Ahasuerus, who's a picture of God the Father, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. Uh, also uh, in uh, Job 19.11, we read, He hath also kindled his wrath against me and counted me unto him as one of his enemies as one of his enemies is this word, 6862. And Job, uh, in this instance, and throughout the book of Job, is a picture of Christ. And so really Christ, in the atonement, uh, at the foundation of the world, 
became God's enemy because he was laden with the sins of all of the elect. And so he had to die. He had to be annihilated, which we can't conceive of. And then he rose again from the dead because he's the very essence of eternal life. Moreover, uh, uh, I remember something the guy Barry had said about um, the book of Job because he did a magnificent study uh, on the book of Job. And that is that Job's name means enemy. Uh, in Proverbs uh, 23, 27, uh, this word is translated as is a narrow, for a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. Again, speaking about uh, figuratively the churches and denominations that are likened to uh, a harlot because they entice and in that enticement, the, the end result of that enticement, just like the end result of any sin, as we read in the book of James, is death. Uh, in Isaiah 63, 18, uh, this term is rendered as our adversaries. The people of thy holiness have possessed it but a little while. Our adversaries have trodden down the sanctuary. Also, we can go to Lamentations 1, uh, 10, and also uh, verse 17. Here, it's again uh, translated as adversary, and then the plural form, adversaries. The adversary hath spread out his hand upon all her pleasant things. For she hath seen that the heathen entered into her sanctuary whom thou didst command that they should not enter into thy congregation. Zion spreadeth forth her hands, and there is none to comfort her. Jehovah hath commanded concerning Jacob that his adversaries should be round about him. Jerusalem is as a menstruous woman among them. Uh, also, uh, Lamentations 2, 4, and, and 17 uh, uh, have a, likewise, uh, they record this. He hath bent his bow like an enemy. He stood with his right hand as an adversary. That's our word. Jehovah hath done that which he had devised. He hath fulfilled his word that he had commanded in the days of old. He hath thrown down and hath not pitied, and he hath caused thine enemy to rejoice over thee. He hath set up the horn of thine adversaries. Again, we see where God is the one that is responsible for allowing this to happen for allowing this judgment, which first has to take place at the house of God, and then on May 21, 2011, it transitioned uh, to the entire world. Uh, one last passage we'll look at, and that is Lamentations 4:12. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary and the enemy should have entered into the gates of Jerusalem. Now, 
We note from these foregoing references that what is predominantly in view is God's judgment upon his own house first. Uh, as we read in 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So we can conclude that these three words that we find in Numbers 22, 26, and stood in a narrow place is a reference to the great tribulation and the falling away of the churches and denominations. So taking into consideration all three of these locations uh, in Numbers 22, that is verse 23, verse 24, and verse 26, we can understand them to exemplify the following three times and seasons. Number one, the latter rain and the day of judgment. Number two, national Israel, whom God divorced. And number three, God's judgment on the churches and denominations. So in, uh, to kind of recapitulate today, uh, we uh, learned that the term in Numbers 22, 29, because thou hast mocked me, which is Strong's number uh, 5953, has a number of mainly negative connotations related to judgment, as well as a few, uh, two, I should say, positive ones. Uh, in Numbers 2230, we examine the terms upon which thou hast ridden, which is Strong's number 7392, and ass, which is Strong's number 860. And we noted that this word ass refers to a female donkey. I'd like you to keep that in mind, the female donkey, because it's going to help us, I think, later on as we attempt to uh, uncover the spiritual import of this whole uh, account of Balaam and his donkey. We still need to go uh, uh, through verses 32 and 34. But I think we're beginning to see, you know, a little bit of what God uh, has in store here for us. Uh, we also took a closer look at the three accounts in which the angel of Jehovah appeared uh, unto the donkey, and we discovered that in each instance, a particular time and season uh, was in view, namely, uh, the latter rain in the day of judgment, national Israel, whom God divorced, and number three, God's judgment on the churches and denominations. So Lord willing, in our next study, we'll finish up with verse 30, and then we want to turn our attention to verses 32 to 34. And once we finish with verse 34, I'll have a little bit of a, of a wrap up, and then we'll go back uh, into uh, 2 Peter 2, um, verse 17. Uh, please uh, join us for our Q&A, uh, which is going to be at 5.30 today. If you have any questions uh, about today's study 
or if anything is unclear to you. Uh, you may also post uh, a question or comment if you'd like. Everybody is welcome. And also at 7.30 tonight, we'll have our thematic uh, Bible reading, which we call Think on These Things. Uh, let me, uh, l let's uh, um, go to our last three hymns, and then I'll close in a word of prayer. Uh, actually, let, let me close in a word of prayer first, and then we'll do the three hymns. Father, again, we thank you that we've been able to spend some time uh, looking at Numbers 22 in particular. And again, we pray that you would continue to open our eyes and our ears to what you have hidden in your word. And we know, O oh Father, that your word is so uh, extremely profound, we can't even begin to attempt to understand even the most basic things without you uh, intervening and truly opening our eyes, uh, shedding light upon the scripture so that we can understand the spiritual dimension uh, that you have hidden within your word. And we know this is a task that you have given to us. It's, it's an arduous task, but also a very joyful task because of the fact, uh, Father, that we are encouraged uh, by the nuggets of truth that you do uh, indeed show us. And so we ask these things uh, and we commit the rest of this day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. The uh, first hymn uh, is going to be, Not What My Hands Have Done.
Our next hymn is going to be, O Lord of Hosts, to Thee I Cry. Last hymn is going to be, O safe to the rock hiding in thee.
Thank you again for joining us today, and we pray that the Lord will bless the rest of your afternoon and evening. Thank you for joining us today for Searching the Scriptures. Until next time, to God be the glory.